0: Very good evening and welcome to Friday Talk Sports. Here on Community Radio Kilkenny City, thanks to Morris O'Connor for Kilkenny Today and Kilkenny Today returns on Monday evening at 5 o'clock. We're here until 7 and it's hurling, hurling, hurling all the way. The big game from our point of view is in Croke Park tomorrow evening, Kilkenny in Dublin. Championship hurling in October. Never thought we'd see the day. We'll preview that. And if you want to pass on a comment, 086 353 7782 is the text number. But as always, at this time on a Friday night, we go to racing. And live from Walcon Street, I think it is this evening, our very own Bear Scott. Bear, how are you? Not
1: too bad,
2: Aime. Not too bad. And we had a, a full day's race again. Downride was on this afternoon and of course Dundalk was in full flow up there, started at half four. Look, I'll just give you the winners from Dundalk first team. The uh, twelve party was won by number two, Karuk Deline, nine to two on favourite. The one fifteen bit of a turnaround here, number one, Sky Ace, sixty-six to one. Uh the one fifty was won by number three, Aspire Tower, three to one. The 2.25 went to number 17. Rage and Cajun, 9 to 1. 3 o'clock, number 1, by Allen, uh, 1 to 14, favor. Uh, 3.35, number 4, Bridge Native, 5 to 1, favor. And finally, the 4.10 up there was won by number 3, Chemical Energy, the 11 to 10, on favor. The um, Dundalk results, the 4.30 was won by number 8. Angelawi, five to four favourite second there was number twelve Queen's carriage five to one and third was number four Lincoln Hawk at ten to one the five o'clock went to number eleven Maggie Thunder twenty to one second was number one Red Symbol five to one and third uh, was uh, sorry four to one and third was number nine Pillar the hundred to thirty favourite the five thirty went to number twelve now a feet thirteen to two. Second was number nine, Stately Home, fifteen to two. And third here was number two, Baron lock Gale, the six to four favorite. And the six o'clock, which is just finished, I can give you the winner there it was number three, Fast Crown at eleven to two. Didn't get the places there. But the four races remaining tonight on the card Liam, all handicaps as usual were on a Friday night. All fairly tricky but sure look. We we don't have to tell you that. The (laughs) pitch
0: thirty
2: Big Big Thirty is over a mile, the usual fourteen runners here. I'm not quite sure what even will be favourite, but there is a number of horses that will be vying for favouritism, including the likes of number three War Hero. Also well to the four and the venue will be number eight opposing Supreme. And another one up there with him is number two Raphael now, look, it's anyone's guess. Um, fact, the number one, has been very well recently on turf. Uh, hasn't won on the all-weather. And that's the one thing that put me off. The draw, I've always mentioned in the draw here, but look, the first two winners tonight in the draw were drawn uh, 14 and 12. So the draw shouldn't be too big of, of a barrier up there tonight. Uh, Maybe, maybe imposing Supreme would be the one in the 6.30. Tom McGilley, the trainer, doesn't have too many runners uh, in Dundalk and the ones he run usually show up well. This fellow's been just coming to form and uh, he might start favourite, but I think he might be the one to be on there. He might be worth a little interest anyway. The seven o'clock, the Irish injured jockey's fund handicap. Uh, Again, this is over a mile and again, it looked tricky. Again, Brian for Faisal to the mirror will probably be number nine, Fall for a kiss. Also number six, there, that's uh, Eye of the Dragon. And uh, number number four, Chagall, which was a winner up there not too long ago. Again, the draw will probably play a part here. Uh, number seven, Ra- Raffaello, William McQueary's runner, uh, had a good run the last time. That was about two weeks back. And it looked like a horse that wasn't far away from a win. I think we'll stick with Willie. He's, he's had a couple of winners during the week, so his horses obviously in form. The seven thirty six six furlong handicap this, at the usual again, 14 runners. The favourite here will probably be number four, a step too far. This fella, would you believe, is on a seven-timer. Seven he's won his last six. So when they say that he's a horse in form, that's for sure, and he seems to be one step ahead of the handicapper all the time this week. Running or winning, well, winning with a little bit up his sleeve, and who knows what he could add to that again tonight. However, I think there's one in it that might be a on the handicap. Number six, Arkaneers, which has been running really well in both um, handicaps recently, not on the all-weather. Good, good run in his, his last uh, handicap, and he's coming to form. Mick Halford has a good record in Dundalk. Ronan Whelan in the saddle, of good man. He might be the one to stop that seven-timer from um, a step too far. Finally, the Acer Top, this is a handicap, over a mile and a half, and uh, it's a real bookies wanted to, uh, the fellas have end the punter's home. Number three, Ella Katrina, which probably would have started favourite here, is a non-runner, so uh, you can look elsewhere for what might be favourite. Paso Doble, Jim Boulder's uh, runner, number seven. Uh, He's won two and finished third in his last four races, so he's obviously running well and has to be well to the fore in the betting. Another one that will be well fancied, I think, is number 14, Aidan O'Brien's Evening Primrose. It might actually be out between the two of these. Uh, psych, number eight, Mount O'Shane Foley, is another one that probably played a bit of a hand in it. And uh, who knows, Bella Brazil, an outsider there from Jessica Harrington, might also have a little squeak. But I think uh, I think Evening Primrose, the O'Brien's runner, might be the one to be on here. He's drawing nicely installed too. Whereas I said, the draw hasn't played too big a part up there tonight. Wayne Lord in the saddle here. He'll be around about, I'd say, 5 or 6 to 1, and he looks so good to way a bit in the last phase. The one for the money tonight, uh, Liam, and look, we we're due one of these. <laughs> I, I'm going to go for Number six in that half seven race, Ears. And uh, as I say, he would be taking on the, probably the hottest favourite
0: of the night in a step two for her. OK, Bear, thank you very much indeed for that. And the post mortem tomorrow afternoon?
2: Oh, I don't know when we'll be ready for it.
0: <laughs> and I have to say this, and I know I'll give you a bit of slagging, but well done on your winner last weekend. <laughs> What's rare is wonderful.
2: We're, over, we're overdue on
0: Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. Bear, take care. Talk to you tomorrow that was Burr Scott there with the racing from Down Royal and Dundalk and Nicky Brennan joins me in the studio. And Nicky you're going to make us some more money.
3: Oh well, I don't know about that. now but <laughs> this would be normally Sherman's Brophy's gig, but Chairmans is not around this evening, so I'm going to have a Your look. Your experience at this.
0: now at this stage. I don't know
3: about that, lean, But I noticed that uh, there's no uh, form on the on the card, so obviously that's a little bit uh, makes it a bit awkward for somebody like me. But the oil pin is still working. We're going on to the first race. It's the eight o'clock start. welcome to Kenny Track. It's a five two five, and I'm going for number four in that uh, Lemon Aubrey. It's only by Colin Rafter from County Kilkenny to come in ahead of John uh, Sparrows from Thurles, uh, Bally Phillip Blue that's number 5 so 4 first, 5 second uh, moving, uh, moving on uh, to uh, race number 2 and it's the Trials of Kenny Track it's an 8, another 525 five. my tip on that is Ann Brennan's from Abbey Leaks, Brooklawn, Gloss uh, to head home ahead of Hello Pearl, Susan Hennessy's out there from Paulstown, uh, Paul, Paul Hennessy trained. Go, moving on to race number 3 it's the Irish Attorney Greyhound Trust it's an A. Five six five, two, five. I'm going for George Webster's top from Tuller, Arabian Bell uh, number 4 to come home ahead of Michael Nolan's Fooks Court Lord that is number one four first uh, one second moving on to race number four it's the TP Weddick i rest them open 725 uh, round one heat one uh, kindly sponsored by the Weddick family there's a nice uh, prize here of uh, two and a half thousand but it's in He's one I'm going for uh, my neighbours just a few um, miles down the road Chemo Dandel and Ray Minions uh, hello Vicky uh, to head home first there ahead of uh, num- that's number four ahead of number six live jewel Maria Campins from Torles train by Parikh Camping. Moving on to race uh, number five, and it's the second heat of that uh, TP Weddick Open 725 stake. I'm going for um, Reds or Art Fert. It's uh, obviously an Art Fert dog trained by Brendan Monsell, and I've noticed a couple of Kerry trainers coming up to the track here tonight, so they must have something decent here. That to come in ahead of Eamon Dials from Enniscarty, Munbeg, Zinzan. Love these names. So number three to come home ahead of number one. Moving on to race number six, he three that stake going for upward parallel, like a, a dog uh, from John Fanoog, John O'Connor from Fanoogan, County Kerry, trained by the well known trainer Owen McKenna. So he's not coming to Kilkenny just for the sake of it, he wants success to come home ahead of number three. Glenlara Rosa, it's a Liam Kirby and Meredith Barry uh, owned dog. There moving on to race number seven, and it's the Irish Greyhound uh, Trust A4, it's a 525. I'm going for Billy Murphy's uh, Ascot Kim number six to head home ahead of number one, uh, Gort Kelly, Lola Andrew Murray from Thorless moving on to race uh, number eight and uh, that is the um, it's an eleven thousand uh, Skilkenny track stake this is some serious money here the winner gets 5,000 and a trophy and the first heat of that is uh, is on tonight so clearly there's some serious dogs here and all the way from Cork I'm going for Ministers Cross at Congyney from Mealand County Cork that's on the Kerry Border uh, to head home number 5 ahead of number 6 Canis Highlands Porsche Leach Ribera Rodney uh, there that's the, moving on to race number 8 it is the second heat of that stake and a uh, couple of good dogs in this Year, but I'm going for Town Hope it's a Carlo dog Sean Dooley you've seen it coming up here a number of times to come in ahead of uh, Matthew Burns uh, bred, trained by Brian Ellard Phil De Till Dick Doc Dog won in Kilkenny or came second in Kilkenny uh, last week and moving on to race number 10 the second last race of the night it's heat three of that particular stake I'm going for uh, a Carlo dog again Carlo Mack a syndicate down in Bagnellstown there and come home ahead of uh, Roisin Walsh's Mysterious Lola that's number four so two and four in that order and finally the last race of the night heading up towards uh, 10 o'clock heat 4 it is uh, number number two Biles Sports bingo it's the Biles from County Downs Some serious Greyhound Mendoza, trail by Paul Hennessy our own serious trainer out from Gordon to come in ahead of uh, Syndicate from Feathered Rocket to Feathered Carol Ramsbottom train number four so two first four second and that's your Greyhound racing tonight out in the, the James's Park OK Nikki, thank you very much indeed and you'll be leaving in the Wheelborough
0: cash after nine o'clock tomorrow morning?
3: Yeah I'll be yeah sure I'll be able to spend it all going to Club <laughs> Park to the
0: match tomorrow <laughs> OK Nikki, thanks very much for the moment Pat Tracy is here and we'll be hearing from Richie Powell a little bit later in the programme as we look ahead to the weekend's hurling not to mention Kilkenny in Dublin tomorrow in Croke Park and that's a, a 3.45 start we'll preview that and Barry Enriquez will join us in the last segment of the programme to reflect on the life and career of Nobby, of Nobby Styles, who sadly died today but up next on the programme we'll be talking to GA correspondent Damien Lawler stay with us We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM we're just coming up on 20 past 6, 086 is the text number. We'll be looking ahead to all the rest of the hurling action in a few minutes' time. But first, um, Damien Lawler, well-known in GA circles as a correspondent, has uh, come out with a book in the past couple of weeks, When the World Stops Watching Life After the Game, and it focuses on sports stars after they retire. Damien, a, a very good evening to you. Good
4: evening, Liam. How are you?
0: Not too bad, not too bad. So tell me, where did the inspiration for the book come from?
4: Uh, reading interviews I suppose of of GEA players and other sports players um, how they found retirement but leaving the WhatsApp group Um, that's where the idea came from Mm -hmm. how they told their managers families uh, teammates that that they were going to step away from the sport that they'd grown up with or competed in for nearly a decade or over and that they managed to get through all those things but that leaving the WhatsApp group was the hardest thing they had to do and I looked a bit deeper at that then and I just saw that maybe their whole identity for the last 10 years has been wrapped up in that little WhatsApp group and all their friends, their, their reason for performing, the, the diet, the nutrition, the gossip, everything was around that little camp. And I suppose having read two or three interviews from high-profile players, it puts a seed in the mind to, to go and do a book like that. I've been thinking about it for five years and then I finally got off my arse last winter. and
0: <laughs> Yeah, and I suppose the leaving of the WhatsApp group as you touched on there, it's almost like signing a resignation in a job.
4: Well, that's it. It's your identity test as well, Liam. Like, I mean, think about it for a second, right? If you were, if you were an inter-county hurler or intercounty county footballer now these days, uh, chances are you've been playing since you're six or seven. Uh, you'd come up through the underage system, maybe at 14, 15, you're in an academy, developing squad, you're brought in, you're playing school, you're playing college, you're playing 21, minor, you're playing senior then you're going to give maybe for good enough maybe 10 years senior and uh, maybe if you hit 31, 32 you're, you're pulling out of that then so from 6 years of age up until 32 you've always been about the win, the game, the performance the scoring, the, the, the not scoring if you're a defender and every conversation you have your whole identity is wrapped up in that sport and I think it's very, very wise for people as they hit 30 to have a plan B to go back to college to get some work experience have an interest in life outside of sport because uh, too many don't and it, it creeps up on them Leem, and then you're you're left to wonder what do I do with myself now who who am I now um, the people that you've grown up with have sacrificed a huge amount for you what do you do then because the team doesn't really be bothered about you anymore because you you've, you've you've left you've done your job for them
0: mm, and that feeling of it all coming to an end and for most people not even halfway through their own through their lifespan
4: yeah but you're even we've got a third truth you know for a lot of people and the only thing is like uh, the the book probably focuses on 16 athletes and it probably takes in four or five professionals consultants psychologists to try and make sense out of all the findings and as well and i do find that if you have planned well there's skills you can bring you can bring work race communication leadership resilience all that comes from sport lean you can bring them into the workplace as well And from the GEA perspective, it's not too bad. And it's why I didn't focus too heavily on GEA players for this book, uh, because they've got the club to fall back on. And then secondly, they've been working away, probably amateur players, most of them have been working, be it in the farm or the classroom, mostly teachers now. So they have a good grasp of grassroots reality. But if you're in, like Donnico Callum was saying to me, part of his chapter, he went for take a leak one day in the bathroom. He saw his urine was, was, was yellow the first time in 18 years he'd been dehydrated and then another night he went down to his mother-in-law's for dinner when he was retired and um, he tried to send send forward a menu whereby six ounces of steak or green vegetables this or green vegetables that and his wife just took a look at him and said, would you cop on? You're no longer a player. You don't need to keep doing this. So you become institutionalized, Liam, and I wanted to look after all the various stories and every single story is different. That's the glory of the whole thing. I was worried about repetition for a while but it didn't have to be. No.
1: Um
4: they they're all different stories.
0: Yeah, and aside from that, did you notice any other trends or teams? I know you said they're they're all individual stories, but is there anything, you know, in common between them all?
4: Um, is there anything in common between them all? That's that's a really good question. I think they've all been obsessed with getting to the top of their game. They've all put their life into it. Um they do have a little some of them not all of them some of them do have a little bit of doubt when they leave but that resilience that kept them going as a sports person comes back to help them um, with regards to retirement and I think a lot of them have stayed in sport as well they would have that in common so like very very quickly Liam, I did four soccer players Niall Quinn Kevin Dial, Shane Supple Paul McGee all four stories completely different Rugby Marcus Horan Donico Callan, Tommy Bo and Trevor Hogan. wildly different outcomes there uh, four women as well, female sports people, Nikki Simmons, Lindsay Peace Sonia Sullivan, and Grainne Murphy, the swimmer. Again, all different paths. And then I took the individual athlete, Paul Flynn, Dublin footballer, Paul Carberry, the jockey, um, Tom, uh, Gary Murphy, uh, the golfer, Kilkenny uh, man, and Darren O'Neill, then, not too far away from your borders, over there in, in Paulstown, the boxer. So, like, all different outcomes, all different stories, but they would share a lot in common. resilience, uh, work ethic, pride in themselves and leaving nothing to chance in terms of preparation afterwards but it's taken some of these people a long long time to get back on their feet after retiring
3: How are you, Damien, Nicky Brennan here, I'm listening to you patiently there
4: here yeah, I was wondering
3: when you you come in. I was waiting <laughs> to hear your voice. No, I won't. I won't hold you. I won't hold you because I know you're you're heading off ac- across the, the, no to do something else. Like but I was doing an exercise in Leash a couple of years ago, and I interview I interviewed as part of a strategy for Leash inter-county players. And the one thing they actually said that their pals at during their all their years were other members of the inter-county team. So when they move away from the inter-county team, they almost have to reacquaint themselves with the lads in the club because they weren't in pally with them at all. So from an amateur player point of view. Yeah. That's a huge. Take Kilkenny, how successful they've been over the years, going away on holidays together with yeah. their partners and wives and that. And suddenly they're not on the panel, and you have to fend for yourself. That is a huge personal change in a person's life.
4: It is, Nicky. And then you go back to your club, and let's be honest about it, Nicky. And I know that the club setup is is gone really professional these days, and I don't like using that word, but you know what I mean. But like compared to an intercounty setup, like I mean, there's no comparison, and in terms of a lad might waddle in three minutes late for club training he'd be slagged but if you came in late for county training he'd be turned away <laughs> uh, in terms of maybe getting food after training that wouldn't happen at every club now in terms of facilities and resources so you're in an elite bubble even with the GEA you're in an elite bubble with uh, an inter-county team there's no doubt about that you're as you say can went all around them for the bones of a decade I mean how tight must that group be in fairness And there were holiday together, they would have been through highs and lows together, and um, I'd say you probably do struggle to to connect with people back at club level, particularly Nicky, if you've been wrapped up in an inter-county bubble for the bones of a decade, you probably haven't got the chance to go back in and put it in at the club level, maybe in coaching and juveniles, you might not be aware, particularly in a town club, who these younger players are coming through, suddenly then you go back in, you take a place in the dressing room, and these guys are are the, the young books on that senior team now and you don't know who they are you may not have a huge amount in common with them and Paul Finn the double footballer was saying that it was a huge help for him to have the club to fall back on but really I think he was doing a lot of the coaching as well trying to bring those lads on Nicky so that's maybe the way he connected back in. Mm.
0: And Damien you've been so used to roving the lines as a GA correspondent over the past couple of uh, over the past couple of years Um, speaking to the lads from the non-GA backgrounds was there anything that surprised you talking to them?
4: yeah well I mean you're right Liam like I mean that's the great privilege of my job like I mean Nicky knows me for a long time like and I always want to be close to the action and I wasn't good enough as a hurler to be close to the top level action mm. join the club enough, yeah I wasn't <laughs> good enough to be close to the bottom level action either but never stop me trying so being on a, the pitch for an All-Ireland final like to give you an example Owen Larkin every All-Ireland G1 like I was nearly the first person to meet him and he'd give you that old friendly look you throw a microphone in front and you say how many is Unfortunately for me, usually at Tipperary we're, we're at the, the the other end of the gun. And the one in
0: all right. specialists.
4: Yeah, unfortunately. And like, um, from my perspective, the point I'm making is, you're there the moment the final whistle blows. Hmm. And Nicky's seen it all as a player manager, president, chairman, everything, referee. But to be on that field is a privilege. And to share in that moment of a joy. And then to have lads coming after you and say, will you write my book, Damien, or will you help out here? Well, like, I mean, that's part of the reason that I did this book, actually, because I would have felt guilty for losing touch with an awful lot of lads over the years, lads who were good to me as players and would have trusted me and would build up a good relationship. And you, you'd be in touch with them the whole time. And then suddenly they're gone. You don't need them as much anymore. It's a ruthless business. And that's part of the reason I did this book, was to try and shine a light then on the afterlife, the sporting afterlife as well. And uh, I do feel that from a GEA perspective, to answer your question, Liam, um, yeah, we're, we're very, very different. I think you're mm-hmm. never too far away from reality in the GEA, but for a, an elite soccer player, some of these guys, they weren't even ensuring their cars. Like, the passports were being organized for them or renewed for them. And everything had been looked after for them. You don't have that in the GEA, more or less. You might get a few bits of gear, or you might get a few endorsements, or you might get a holiday, but you might get a sponsored car even these days. You're not going to get a huge amount more than that. Or or maybe Larry Corbett in his day, when he was scoring three goals against G Lads, he was getting steak dropped down to him from the local butchers. Uh, But that's as posh as they got to Zipperary, I think. So I think the point I'm making here is. Not right to compare the bubbles are there in GEA and professional sport. There's just no comparison whatsoever.
0: Mm, well, the book is When the World Stops Watching Life After the Game. Damien, we wish you well with that. Lastly, before we let you go, from our own point of view, we have Dublin yeah. on the horizon tomorrow. Yeah. Did you see enough from Dublin last week against Leash to make us feel worried?
4: No. Uh, You've got two debuts there, uh, Young Wallace and his own Cody, Nicky. He's coming in there to play as well. And like, I think you're exceptionally strong, actually. Like, probably up to number nine. I mean, there's firepower on your bench to bring on. Uh, There's a couple of gaps in the forward line, in my opinion, but that's to be expected, and uh, I think you'll have well enough for Dublin. Um, I haven't seen you for a while now, to be honest (laughs) about it, but I still feel...
3: We haven't seen ourselves either, uh,
4: (laughs) I know, Nicky, it's mad, and I'm just looking at the pedigree in that team, like, I mean... Uh, even with the likes of TJ and Fenley up front alone would beat most inter-county defences and I think that there's enough strength all along. Paddy Deegan at six and, and I suppose Porrick Walsh beside it would be interesting. Hugh Lawler at three your debutante in the corner so looking forward to seeing it and I think he'll beat Dublin tomorrow. Uh, I think Galway will, will, will not have enough for Wexford. I don't know what she thinks. Um, I, the shock of the weekend if I was to call it I think Waterford have a right chance against Cork. I think any lean cattle team if he's had enough time with them, we'll work their arses off. And I think they could outwork Cork in simple. even though Cork attack like to pick off scores. Uh, as for Limerick and Tip, I do personally feel that the winner of that one could go all the way. I don't know if Tipperary have got a huge amount of respect nearly for being reigning champions. I think a lot of people fancy Limerick to win this one. I'd have to go with my heart and, and back Tipperary there's a couple of surprises there and that tip team I'd say could be announced later on tonight maybe will John Maher the footballer make a debut um, will Paul or Alan Flynn from Killinang and the county champions get in and look it's not it bloody great that we're having these conversations anyway just a few weeks off from Christmas and um, I know yeah. Nicky you've been through the whole thing and you, thank God you've come out the other side and if we can keep safe doing this it's going to give people a bit of a lift over the winter time too
3: Thanks Damien Definitely, Damien. We look
0: forward to it. Really appreciate you uh, taking the call, Damien. We'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure.
4: Anytime, lad.
0: Thanks, thanks a lot there. That was Damien uh, Lawler there, GR correspondent and RT radio presenter. And Pat, uh, we'll look at it in a bit more detail in a few minutes, but your initial impressions on that team?
1: Kilkenny team? Yeah. Uh, I'd be happy enough with it, yeah and uh, there's a good strong bench there and uh, there're good balance to the team it's a great opportunity for uh, lads to to uh, stake a claim to the to the the jersey Kieran wallace deservedly in getting his chance uh, connor delaney cornerback i think he can play practically anywhere in the backs anyway uh, Richie Reid at wing back big day for him um, uh, which uh, then the forwards are more or less uh, what we expected Owen Cody he and uh, you know he has uh, Colin Fenley there who, and TJ Reid who he played with, uh, all the, uh all through the last few years, and uh, Billy Ryan, are all the players that are playing there have all shown great form for their clubs. Mm. That's the that's the one thing that's sticking out, and uh, the 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 bench is very strong as well. Anyone can any of them can come in there, and they uh, they're. they're, they're the most experienced players are nearly on the bench if you like which is uh, you know a good sign for Kilkenny. Kelly. Nicky I know you're a fan of Conor Cody delighted to see him in the 15.
3: Oh, yeah. Absolutely well look at this was a debut that was would have happened earlier I think if you know if things mm. had been different. Now, delighted to see him there I think he's has uh, been shown well in uh, in challenge games, look. I think the other thing as well is uh, Pat just alluded to T J Reid, Colin Fenley and Cody. They know one another's play now so well. Uh, but we don't have put too much pressure on the child. He's still a relatively young guy. But I'm, I'm glad. Look, I'm glad to see the two corner lads a cornerback. They both were outstanding during the year. Mm. And I think Pat has put his finger on as well. You can have Connor Delaney actually in any of the seven positions there. In fact, we have, we thought he'd be maybe left half back on the basis that uh, maybe Joey Holden, who was probably a, very unlucky not to be here, or maybe Darren Mullen and the other thing as well is Paddy Deegan and Parik Walsh are switchable also, and Paddy Deegan can go cornerback and Conor Delaney can go out, so there's a, there's a fair bit of flexibility in defence. Now, Richie Reid is left half-back because we thought maybe Killian Buckley wasn't going to make it. Um, that's good. Now, he, what much hurling he's done since the, since the Borough lost out in the final, I don't know, but um, he obviously is, it's a thumb injury, so hopefully that'll be okay. But look, it's a, on paper. It's a strong midfield, and look, the forwards are more or less as we they, they were. What we expected it to be, so there's no surprises there. So look, it's on. It's on selected lines. Look, it's probably only fair to comment that it's the first match that I've seen. Kilkenny, Paul um, Pat will correct me here now, but it must be the first championship match in a long number of years that Paul Murphy is not starting wearing number two. Mm. And um, I don't know how many years it's going back. now I, I've no great argument with it, and I'm sure Paul doesn't himself. Mm. But uh, it's it's it. But it is important that he's there in the panel because. he's not just still a great hurler but he has great leadership and I know he'll be the sort of guy that will certainly be able to talk to the likes of Kieran Wallace and and give him the sort of encouragement that a player of Paul's stature would, would be valued Do you think it's the right call Pat to leave him out?
1: Um, well, look, it's uh, whatever is uh, on on in training. And Paul is—he uh, uh, was only back from the Lebanon uh, after such a, a long, extended um, period there, and uh, just got the club games in. You know, so I mean, they know what's going on in training. But um, the other thing is, there's—it's uh, a long time since there wasn't. Uh, would I be right to say the James Stevens,
3: player? Yeah, that's very true. Uh, no, sorry, 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 sorry for me, ringing no. that up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, not a, there's not a not a James Stevens player actually on the panel. Yeah, but, I I t- think, but well, there is Conor in Brown. In, take Brown off prank very yeah. quickly there now or I'd be getting a tip of the ear. Um, yeah, Conor Brown who to me is still very good. Look, to be fair, Niall Brazzle I think is injured, Luke Scanlon yeah, is I think injured. So, yeah. so to be fair to them, there's a couple of those lads mm. are very very They are now to be fair.
1: Yeah, and you know, if any of them were in you wouldn't have any worries either. You know, there any anyone that there have the twenty six, I wouldn't have any worries. Give King about Kenny any.
3: and Ongilfield a couple of years, and yeah, that, I exactly. think That's the issue. I yeah. think King yeah. Kenny was—he was on our team of the years, mm. and, and rightly so. Yeah, he's just now probably not ready for the intercounty scene. He's under twenties. If they do get to play, that's his scene, and that's Ongilfield's mm. scene at the moment. I think
0: okay thank you very much lads we'll talk to Richie Power in a few minutes about that uh, listener of the year Jim Rohn who else he uh, he wishes the Kilkenny Seniors all the best against Dublin tomorrow and you're, you're always in touch Jim great to hear from you and uh, Paul who's on with Communities in Action after 7 o'clock has, tells me that Paul McGee who was mentioned in Damien, uh, Damien's book there he began his career with a, uh, EMFA who later became Kilkenny City and he scored twice in the um, uh, first division shield final against Finharp so there's a little nugget of information for you um, looking at some of the rest of the sport well Barry Enriquez will join us a little later to discuss the death of Nobby Styles. he died at, eight, at 78 years of age the former England World Cup winner and Manchester United uh, Manchester United player so may he rest in peace and uh, well you don't need me to tell you it's a busy weekend of hurling Kilkenny in Dublin as we were discussing there 3.45 uh, start tomorrow in Croke Park it's on Ga Go so it'll cost you a fiver if you want to watch it but uh, uh, Nicky Brennan who's on reports for us is free so <laughs> you don't need, he'd paid the picture for you um, elsewhere Galway and Wexford is the second game in Leinster it's a double bill in Crow Park that throws in at 6.15 in the Munster Championship semi-final from Thurles at half three Cork take on Waterford that's free to air on Sky Sports Mix in the Joe McDonough Westmead take on Kerry and Carlo Antrim, and in the Christie Ring down take on Derry while on Sunday it's uh, the uh, Munster Senior Hurling Championship the second semi-final Parky Cueve is the venue Tip and Limerick do battle there tonight one game in the Premier League 8 o'clock start at Molyneux Wolves host Crystal Palace we're reading our way at Coventry for a 7.45 start in the Championship and finally the Bermuda Championship in the Gulf Seas Wynum Clark top of the leaderboard on 10 under par two shots clear of the field best of the Irish is Porrig Harrington on, on 5 under par we are community radio, Kilkenny City, eighty-eight point seven FM. And it is Friday Talksport. Oh eight six three five three double seven eight two is the text number. We'd love to hear from you. Richie Power joins us on the line. Evening, Richie.
5: How are you, Liam? How are things?
0: Uh, not too bad, not too bad. I presume you got a look at the team. What do you make of it? Yeah, it's a very
5: strong team, uh, Liam. I. You know, going through the team, and you know what really stands out to me is there's a huge amount of experience and a lot of good hurlers in in the in the club, so there's a good strong panel there now. You know, I'd be very happy with. And
0: mm-hmm. um, any particular areas of the pitch that stand out to you? Any tweaks from la- or from last well, year that you noticed? Uh, you
5: know, you, you had a, you had a lot of competition, I suppose, for the full back line, but Conor Delaney and Aaron Wallace, like you know, they have served their time, they're in there now for a while, and uh, I'm delighted to see the get to the chance. All our like was, I suppose, he was a surf for fullback? back Paddy Deegan was going to be on the half-back of the heavy wing or, 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 or centre. Um, you know, Richie Reid have really, you know, he have waited a long time for this chance, so it was a big day for him. Since the field is strong, our half-power line looks strong, you know, as, as particularly like in the air, I think we're going to be very strong along the half-power line. And uh Colin Stanley brings the club hurler into the into county, you know, that team, that team will take a bit of beating tomorrow evening.
0: I and mean, Killian Buckley he must have been doing well in training he had a thumb injury and uh, I have to say a bit of a surprise to see him back so early
5: yeah look he was going well with uh, with Dick for early the year uh, Liam and um, you know the word was like that he had an injury that he wouldn't make this game but obviously like the, the guys watching him and train must be happy enough with him
0: yeah yeah and I mean he is a, a certainly a presence in the middle of the field and own Cody corner forward about time
5: Oh, then, look, at we all, we, we all felt ourselves like that this, this would be, uh, he was accepted he needed to be included in the sixth forward you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a serious talent and, uh, you know, it's grand to see like, what have we, we have probably four new faces champs to would I be right to say that? Mm, yeah.
0: Starting. Mm.
5: And you know, so, mm. look, at really looking forward to the game now tomorrow evening? Um like it's an unbelievable weekend of sport, uh, leave, you know, tomorrow it's just non-stop all throughout the day, you know?
0: but we'll be looking for a bit more than last weekend and you know was the lack of an Alliance League maybe shown in the quality of the two games?
5: Well look probably looking back on the two games Liam uh, I would have felt like that both teams you know Dublin and uh, and Limerick both of them hold a lot better the second half and you know we can't forget that like these guys had a game under their belt coming into this weekend that it will be a help to them in my opinion it will be a help you know but look, hopefully we'll we'll get you know a little bit more uh, competitive stuff this weekend but there's, you know the series games out there this weekend ourselves
2: ourselves mm. in
5: Dublin Wexford uh, the world is coming from Wexford that Wexford are super fit and uh, you have Wexford and Galway tomorrow evening you have Cork and Waterford, and you have Cliff and Limerick it's a, it's a massive weekend of like, matches
0: hmm. and Pat with Dublin did they show you enough last week to show any danger I mean apart from the two goals were they creating that many goal chances should our fullbacks be really worried about them in that department
1: well <laughs> you always have to be worried about <laughs> famous <laughs> last words <laughs> and all that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah well look you, you can you can make that argument but Dublin uh, went and beat what was in front of them and uh, it's uh, they're going to have a you know a completely different um, if you like mindset coming in against Kilkenny a kind of a, a certain amount of fear and a certain amount of confidence and uh, and that and uh, as they look they have the game under their belt as well Kenny, you'll have to be ready for that and have to be, you know, the Dublin are very pacey and all the rest. And you, it's its like any game. You have to start right. And Kenny have to start right against Dublin. Mm-hmm. Dublin are, 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 are dangerous. And uh, again, Dublin have plenty of... Uh, good players on the bench to come off, come on as well when they're needed they went for pace and all that sort of thing last weekend and I expect more or less the same uh, maybe uh, Dylan might start this weekend he is a goal scoring threat no matter what and uh, But, uh, you know, I never take anyone, any other team for granted. They're there. uh, They're there. You have to take them on. You have to beat them. And uh, Kilkenny will just have Mm. to be in the right frame of mind for it. Do you think, Nicky, the test that Dublin got last week, as
0: weak as it was, will maybe give them a slight advantage or maybe a bit more confidence within the camp? Does that play a factor at all?
3: Look, the game is always good and the championship mm-hmm. match is always good Kilkenny had a couple of challenge matches and I can, I'm can i absolutely certain that the Kilkenny uh, Kilkenny in training was extremely competitive because that's what Brian Cody would have wanted and I've no doubt that the intensity in training would have been at least on a par with last week because we said it here on Sunday evening that the two matches that were on last weekend what did uh, what was it something 76 score points yeah, between them all the, part, was there, there was
1: uh, 60 mean, scores and 17 yeah, whites so yeah, had that uh, many Mark Raheny yeah. mentioned
3: that in the, in the Irish Independent uh, during the week, I mean, are we, you know, that's not that's not natural hurling as we know. The competitiveness mm-hmm. of teams and the physicality and the robustness shouldn't be allowing that amount of scores to take place. And I do think, as we get on week on week, I think it is going to be seen to be more competitive. I know the lack of games is be a factor in whether the, peep, the players will have the intensity, but you will see an intense game in fairness at the weekend at a different level. And that's why I think, while it's a help to Dublin, I think Lkenny will not be found wanting. To be because these players have come off a good club campaign in Kilkenny, and I think they'll have really pushed it in the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, because, Richie, at times in those two games, they were challenge game standard.
5: Yeah, absolutely, and, and you know, Liam, I hope for the, for the whole championship that we have uh, some right good hurling matches this weekend, because if this weekend is just is, is, is a fight, and at that weekend, you know, people will lose an awful lot of interest in this championship, and they'll have to ask themselves, I should, have, should have gone ahead, you know. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that we will have really competitive games this weekend, and that be really worth watching. Um, I would agree with uh, what Nicky said there. The one thing, the one thing about Kilkenny over the years is they, they're able to come in after a long layoff and and get up to gears like straight away because the training is so intense, and and uh, the training matches are like championship matches, and I think that stands them hugely. Like it's to Kenny, more so than a lot of teams. A lot of teams find it very hard, maybe, to get up to that level uh, straight away. It takes them a few games to get up, but it doesn't, have, it doesn't I don't think it worries to Kenny. Mm.
0: And the other game in Leinster, Richie Galway and Wexford. Have we any idea where those two stand?
5: Well, look at look at it. Looks like from what I'm hearing that uh, the two bucks are missing uh, from from the Galway team. Uh, both of them are out injured, so it looks like Gerry McInerney will probably wear the number three jersey and. And Joseph Coney, I say, is going to be centre back for them. Uh, that's that's uh, the word that I'm getting. And and uh, my colleague that works with me, Larry Murphy, he tells me that which are a super fish, uh, has a couple of problems with injuries but uh, he thinks they're they're in good shape coming into it. So I would expect that to be a right, a right, uh, a right good team. Mm. Hopefully, I'm right.
0: And pass one team we're talking about league standard one team that may have liked to have a league and a few games under their belts is Wexford.
1: Yeah, I think Wexford would have been very disappointed that the league didn't go the 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 whole hog and uh, because uh, they were they were geared to have a, a real cut at that. Wexford have to win tomorrow evening I think you know I think yeah. they have to win it but I, I'm not sure whether they can or not that's another day's work there's a lot of good hurlers in Galway now uh, it's uh, unfortunate you know the new manager coming in this year he hasn't got a chance maybe to work with him like he, like he could and, uh, and that but uh, Galway have plenty of good hurlers uh, they won the Light like Croke Park as well and uh, that game can go either way yeah, because let's not forget, Nicky,
0: There
3: was a period last year where we thought Davy Fitz was near the exit door. There. Yeah, look, I agree. I think I think that's the second game in Crow Park. Now I probably won't be staying for because it'll be quite late when it is over. So I'll watch it when I come home and listen to it in the car on the way down. Look, and I think it's I think it's Galway have a good chance on this. I think this is far from a foregone conclusion. I think the fact that we pat right. I think the fact that we have not league matches. I think the form going into a lot of these games is a little bit unclear. And I think Galway will be. I think be well up for now. I think the loss of the two blocks is huge, and I have to say so I think I'd, I'd probably go on balance maybe margining with Wexford but it wouldn't surprise me I think Galway win for a right chance here
0: Is the loss of the Burks fatal Richie or are you still giving Galway yes, an edge? Well look definitely um, there would be a huge loss to
5: Galway uh, Lean, you know David is, is, is he has been very very good full back for him in the, last, uh, in the last couple of years but the only thing about it is Joseph you know, Coney did come back to centre-back two years ago in an all Ireland semi-final and he was very, very good in, in that position and, and the feeling is that is his, his, his best position but look at it, it will be a big loss. Uh,
1: is Liam Ryan go. is Liam Ryan fit for Wexford?
5: Don't know that Pat
1: because uh, remember he 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 picked up an injury well earlier in the year but it was serious enough at the time you know Yeah
5: look at I say the one thing that Wexford might have had is that county final was probably one of the first county finals uh, to be played, and uh, probably knowing Davy he has he has had them together quite a bit, like you know. But uh, it is a big game for Wexford, There is no doubt because this this panel the players have been together there now with a couple of years, and it's, it's, it's like you know you have to come and deliver at some stage. And this is probably the year that you, know, you would be saying that about this Wexford team.
0: Uh, there's a man in Callan waiting patiently so we shouldn't keep him on hold too much longer or <laughs> he wants to go for his supper but uh, the games in Munster, Tipperary and Limerick, Richie, two big sets of men there, it should be a cracker shouldn't it? Absolutely, look at it uh,
5: it's, 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 uh, it's a serious game we're looking forward to Sunday evening and hopefully we'll have three right good games uh, uh, we'll, we'll have to watch the three right good games before that but, uh, look at I, I still feel you know, Limerick Limerick are going to get better, in my eyes. That's the type of holder they have. You know, As they go on, they, they'll get that bit better. But their half-hour line, to me, is the line that if you're going to bait Limerick, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to get the better of them three guys across the half-hour line. They scored 12 points per play last weekend. That was a serious return back. But, uh, look, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a massive game. You'd have to say the fact that Limerick have this game under their belt is probably a bit of an advantage to them. Mm. So it all depends how Tip will, you know, will start this game and what they look like. But look at this it's a serious game to look
3: forward. How would John Kylie have been feeling Monday morning, Nicky? Uh, I personally, I think Tip and Cork will win the two matches tomorrow, but yeah. I think Limerick could still win the All Ireland. Yeah, okay. Right. Do you agree?
1: Uh, tip cork monster final possibly although tip have uh, won most of their last uh, their last few all irelands through the back door the monster champions haven't won an all ireland for yeah. a good while yeah true you know, know but, uh, anyway we uh, we we'll we'll, we'll wait and see but actually it wouldn't surprise me if it is a, a traditional monster final as in cork and tip yeah and Richie, will you would you give waterford Air a chance I
5: surely would I surely would like um they were going very very well on the lean car like at, at the start of the year you know and and they, they have a few new players um, you know in the start of 15 looking forward to seeing this young Hutchison like he he, he said the, the whole championship down and Water the like. like he, he's a very very special talent there right So, look so but I, I, I would give um, I'd give Water a real good chance
0: OK Richie we'll talk to you over the course of the weekend thanks for taking the call
5: thank you
0: and just in case you didn't catch the Kilkenny team in goal is Owen Murphy the full back line Connor Delaney Hugh Lawler and Kieran Wallace half backs Porrick Walsh Paddy Deegan and Richie uh, Reid in the middle of the field Killian Buckley and Conor Fogarty half forward line John Donnelly TJ Reid and Walter Walsh and the full forward line is Billy Ryan Colin Findley, and Own Cody Wright coming up after the break the one and only Barry Enriquez reflects on the life of Nobby Styles. stay with us we are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM Text in on oh eight six three five three double seven eight two. Why isn't Darren Mullen on the match day squad? And uh, sure, well, only Brian Cody knows that. Barry Enriquez, evening to you. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. A sad day for English football: the passing of Nobby Styles. Uh, what are your memories of him?
6: Oh Lord, the God! i many, 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 many memories. I lived. I probably lived in Old Trafford. Uh, for, for since 1959, I was brought over to Manchester by a friend of the family of Father Ignatius Tierney, who was a, a Franciscan uh, priest. But he was the he was the chaplain to Manchester United at that time. Manchester United were known that time as as as, as the um, as a kind of a Catholic club, and there was an awful lot of there was an awful lot of emphasis placed on on kind of religious beliefs that time too. Busby, of course, was a devout Catholic. But I knew them this priest, Father Father Ignatius Tierney. He used to meet the lads for tea, coffee inside Piccadilly in Manchester. Lads like, lads, these names wouldn't register with you or a lot of other people, but mm. lads like Joe Carlin from Dublin, jo, Johnny Giles, uh, Nobby Stiles, Jimmy Sheens from Galway, um, Tony Dunn was another, Shea Brennan was another, but uh, Nobby Stiles is a brilliant, terrific man. Everybody in Ireland, everybody in England loved Nobby Styles, unless you were a Leeds United supporter. Then you hated him. And he was only the height of a bag of chips. And his <laughs> brother in law, uh, Johnny Giles, was only, he was even smaller than Nobby's size, if that could be possible. Now, Nobby was no eye no painter let me tell you that. So it wasn't his good looks that endured him to people, but it was his courage and his, his courage and enthusiasm and that red jersey. Like it drove them. it drove them mad. I remember one match. If you have a couple of seconds, I'll tell you. Yeah, go I ahead. think they were playing Old Trafford, uh, Legion at Old Trafford. There was a time when you had the Norman Hunters of this world, and uh, you know, and uh, Ch- Chopper Harris. And, and up right up there with all them lads was little Nobby. Nobby Stiles was afraid of nothing, but I remember Tilly was with me. I used to drag her. We only lived about five minutes away from Old Trafford. I used to drag her to every match. Every match. Youth matches, cup matches, youth cup, the whole lot. But I remember one of his old Trafford, she, uh they were playing Leeds, and Nobby went for a ball. It was coming down out of the sky. Nobby had awful trouble with his eyesight. And he put his foot out to try and s- trap the dropping ball. So he missed it by a country mile. And uh, this lad in front of Kitty uh, said to him, I come on, you blind son-so, you know, that surely you should... And Kitty kind of tapped him on the shoulder. <laughs> Here's a woman <laughs> from Three Castles. <laughs> three Castles, Freshford, Ireland. Said to him, hey, we'll be talking about that, about that poor chap like that, you. Hey. He <laughs> said, she said, you know, she said, he has to wait to hear it bouncing before he even makes a move. <laughs> he, he was so blind. Yeah. But my biggest memory, of course, <laughs> with the Reds was we followed him. A friend, a friend of mine, Larry Larry Fallon from Crockery, God be good to Larry. Him and I followed the reds all over all over europe we we're in benfica the night he got arrested i didn't uh he ate all the bananas on the way to the airport that's the only thing we lived on and i did he, he left none for me but we the one the european cup cup final in wembley Nobby was marking eusebio he had kept him absolutely scoreless in the famous night in benfica when the 151 um and he was going to do the same job. That was what the match was going to hinge on. How was Nobby going to handle Eusebio? Now, as a result of that match, Nobby kept, held him scoreless on the night, the United, and the Reds won. I brought over my young brother. He was only 14. He was in school in Port Arlington, and I paid the fare From him, flew him to Manchester, and I bought a, 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 a black market ticket for him. The price of the ticket was 10 shillings, 50 cents. I got it for a fiver. Mm. and so it was a great deal but anyway go on from there to the World Club Championship that was played the final that was played in uh, Argentina in Buenos Aires didn't play it in Americana we thought they would but Larry and I were the only two there were I think there was ten Manchester United supporter demo. Oh, what a terrible terrible day what a terrible terrible venue it was vicious the, that day, that night in 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 the, in, uh, in Argentina. Now, to make matters worse, the Benfica coach Otto. Do you remember Otto Glory? You wouldn't remember. Otto Glory was the Benfica coach, and he, deci- he, he, he described Nobby as an assassin because of the job he did on on Benfica, mm. on, on uh, Eusebio. Eusebio could never handle him, but on that particular night. Um, Al Ramsey, after the England match against Argentina, when your man never—I think his name was Ratten—I could stand corrected on that one. He was sent off in that World Cup semi-final. But Al Ramsey described the Argentinians as animals, and that coupled with the fact that Gloria, that Gloria fella, described poor Nobby as as an assassin, didn't make for good listening down in Argentina. It was vicious—the kicks and the headbutts and the trouble and the. Uh, and uh, Nobby was the butt of it all. Not, Matt Busby said after that match, he, he, I remember him saying, on the, on the Manchester Evening News, he said, holding the ball out there that evening, uh, that that afternoon at the game, he said, you hold the ball out there, you're in danger of losing your life. It was that, that vicious. Now, Nobby was kicked. There's no doubt about it. He was punched. There had to be a, a fairly accurate punches because he was so small, and he got head-butted twice and Larry and I, we had red and white flags, but eventually we had to cover them up and kind of threw them down on the ground away from us because we would have been assaulted that day. But uh, Nobby was sent off with about, uh, I'd say about 10 minutes to go. That meant he, uh, he missed the... Uh, the uh, United were beaten one nothing down there. And uh, the replay in Manchester. Now, it would have held... Old Trafford that time was able to hold about 67,000 people... Vast majority of them standing up, um, mm. but uh, it was ter- oh Lord! Even then, the first time I ever <laughs> saw Manchester United supporters, well, they pelted, they pelted the Argentinians with anything they could get their hands on I swear to God, Liam, if there was empty, if there was small rocks in the place, or if they could get their hands on broken uh, uh, concrete blocks, would have hammered them yeah. because the the Argentinians
0: are yeah. absolutely terrible
6: mm-hmm. and Bobby Charlton was sent off that night. Imagine that Bobby Charlton, yeah. oh he had to go off, he got headbutted and he got
0: busted with a head. Okay Barry, the clock is beating us unfortunately, oh, I, I could talk to you all night, uh, some uh, fantastic memories there on the late Nobby Stiles. He was uh, a great, great
6: fella, he was yeah. a fabulous, fabulous warrior and absolutely. a great human yeah, being.
0: Absolutely, we might check in with you again on Music and Sport on Sunday if you're around. Okay. OK, Barry, take care. Thank Thanks very much for taking the call. Right. That was Barry Enrique's uh, uh, paying tribute there to Nobby Stiles. That's our lot for another Talk Sport. We're back tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Five hours of sport all the way with updates from Kilkenny in Dublin as well.
3: And uh, Nikki, you have on at 9 o'clock. Tribute to, Chris, tribute to Christy Ring and uh, Mary O'Connor on women in sport.
0: Tune into that between 9 and 10. Cio Lugus Paul Brophy on the way with Communities in Action. Until next time. Bye-bye, take care. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.